An excerpt from The Naked Soul of Iceberg Slim by Robert Beck from the section rapping about the pimp game. For many years I used drugs and drank hard liquor. I don't use anything now. I don't even smoke cigarettes anymore. People are always asking me what my thoughts are now that I have squared up when I see whores and pimps doing their thing in the street. What they are really asking is, am I envious? And do I miss the pimp life? I see pimps and their girls working the streets and remember how it was to crack the whip and to count the fast green. But before I can start missing the old days or wanting to play the game again, I always remember the tension, fear and grief that no pimp can escape. I feel no envy for pimps, only pity that they waste their youth and intellect. Last summer, a young lady in a television studio asked one of the most important questions I have ever been asked. Do you expect any problems, emotional or otherwise, with your children when they get old enough to know their father is a notorious ex-pimp and ex-con? I have given the matter a lot of thought, and I don't think my lurid past will create any major problems for anyone in my family. I am confident that my children's intelligence will permit them to cope with any poison the haters might throw at them. They will be further insulated against twisted accounts of my past life after they have read my autobiography, Pimp the story of my life. In fact, it might enhance their love and respect for their old man to discover how he clawed and crawled up out of the stinking sewer of the underworld in this racist society to give them life and love. And how incredibly, old daddy now smells something like a rose. Welcome back uh, to Mutual Aberration Society. Um, as always, um, I'm Ryan Jackson. And today uh, I decided to talk about a book, but also not only a book, but the author of that book. And that book is um, The Naked Soul of Iceberg Slim by Robert Beck, a.k.a. Iceberg Slim. Um, I feel like... Slim isn't really, uh, I feel like he gets a lot of notoriety in certain circles, but I feel like he's not really gotten his due or the respect that he probably should have uh, in a lot of other circles beyond sort of the circles that he's known in. Um, and to talk about Iceberg Slim and about this book, amongst other things, uh, I have on a, a guest, a special guest, um, Mr. Duvet Knox. Now, uh, let me just say, uh, what's good, Duve? How are you? Good, man. How about yourself? Not bad. Can't complain. Um, I like to do uh, at this, what I like to do usually is have my guests introduce themselves. Uh, so the mic is yours, uh, Duve. Uh, tell the listeners uh, who you are. Well, it ain't that much, man. I'm just an older cat in my 60s. And I decided to start writing. I thought I'd done a lot of the shit, you know, uh, stand-up comedy, um, pimping. <laughs> I've been done it all. I live around the world, little skeet taste, you know, thanks to the service. I was uh, in the Air Force and the Army. Well, I worked for the Army, but I was actually in the Air Force. But 
working for the army is just like being in the army. All right, it's the same shit. You have to deal with the same shit. So, right. uh, so basically, you know, I uh, just moved around the ski stage. My am originally from the Mississippi Delta, uh, New Orleans, uh, uh, DeSoto, Mississippi, Memphis. My dad was a kind of like an itinerary preacher, so we was always moving around. So we went between the South and Mid-South, which is St. Louis. So that's why I'm in, I'm in now. And so like I said, I got into uh, writing real late, just like a couple of years ago. And the uh, first book I put out was uh, Pussy Detective and yeah. then Soul Collector. Right. So, <laughs> you know, my writing was, and I guess one of my big influences was, was uh, Iceberg Slim and Robert H. Decoy. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's that's very interesting. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, the Pussy Detective as we as we go, because I, I definitely in preparing for having you on, I, I read it uh, mm. literally in a day with with this book. Uh, yeah. So I def it's definitely fresh on the front of my brain. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely it's definitely a book that's that's interesting for a lot of reasons that we'll get into. Uh, but when it comes to uh, the naked soul of Iceberg Slim, um, I had read Pimp. A long time ago. I don't even remember the first time. Do you remember the first time you read Pimp? Oh, man. Probably in the 70s. In the 70s? Yeah. 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 See, that's really interesting because, again, like being that, that you say you're in your 60s, right? Yeah. It's super. It's I find it very fascinating to sort of hear perspectives of, of older generations about certain things. And when you read yeah. when you read The Naked Soul of Iceberg Slim, what's fascinating to me um, amongst a few things, like there's a lot of probably misconceptions about who he was. Uh, right. One of those things is like the level of class consciousness that Iceberg Slim had. Right. I don't think a lot of people necessarily knew about if they right. only read Pimp. Right. But in reading this, you kind of get a, a, an interesting sort of perspective of a man who's lived a very interesting life beyond right. just the pimping shit. Right. Like beyond right. that, where it's like, first of all, much like you mentioned, like, he lived everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like literally everywhere. Like when, when you're reading yeah. through this book and he talks about all the places he's been from Milwaukee mm -hmm. to Chicago, to Los Angeles, to Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Like this is somebody who, who experienced sort of not only a certain era, but also sort of the transition between his era and the next era. But what's interesting as fuck to me, right? I don't right. know. I, I, I can't speak for you. But what's interesting to me is like how a lot of the things that he talks about and some of these, like if you want to call them essays in this book, are super relevant now in a way that feels yeah. like super current. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would agree, right? Sure enough, man. I mean, and like you say, mm -hmm. that's one of the big things that people miss about him because he mm -hmm. came out with Pimp first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, it, even though the sixties was to, to my to my way of thinking, the sixties and the seventies was a lot more liberal than they are now, man. In, oh yeah, in many, in many yeah. respects, especially literarily speaking. Oh, well, definitely, definitely that. There's definitely you know that. I mean? So he wrote that book, and uh, that's what they call the protest sixties. And to me, during mm -hmm. that time, a lot of the literature that came out was called protest literature. Right. And Iceberg Slim came out with that. That was his next book after Pimp, and people couldn't believe it because the things he was saying was social commentary for real. Yeah, 
And I think that I think a misconception about a lot of sort of what people like to dub as like urban writers, you know, I don't yeah. really, I don't really like that 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 label, but whatever. Like yeah. is that especially guys like him and guys like Chester Himes who comes to mind. Right. Like they had a lot of like perspective not only on not only on sort of America, but but just the conditions of black people. Right. In in a way that I don't see a lot of like m- more modern contemporary writers who are quote unquote black writers right. have, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, right. but when they're discussed, they're at, they don't they're only viewed through a very like narrow kind of like prism where they're like, oh, like yeah, these guys just write about street street shit, right? And it's like, well, yeah, they touch on that, and that's a big element aspect to to their worldview. But like right. they're speaking on so many m- more things that yeah. like i just feel like i don't see that represented very much at least and these guys for example i guess using using iceberg slim and chester himes as examples mm-hmm. i do know that they weren't while they had success they had success in spite of sort of the literary world right because yeah. they carved out a lane in a space that was their own they weren't like they weren't signed a random house or you know yeah. they didn't have like even though i think himes did have like an initial like yeah, you know, kind of, he was accepted at first in a way right. that probably Iceberg Slim wasn't. Only right. to sort of have him have him flee the country because he couldn't, he couldn't fucking, he didn't want to live here no more. Um, right. Yeah. You know, and the book, the book I wrote down how the book's broken, broken up, uh, which is it's broken up first as an introduction, um, which talks a little bit about, you know, Iceberg Slim, mm. but then it gets into the actual book and it's. Right. Uh, I wrote them all down. It's first, it's from a steel box to a, a wicked young girl. Yeah. Uh, then it's letter to Papa. Then right. it's rapping about the pimp game. Mm-hmm. Baby sis, a goddess revisited. Vignettes, conqueror Jackson. Vignettes, an old white slave in shield. Mm-hmm. Vignettes, the professor. Melvin X. Racism in the black revolution. Right. Uncle Tom, his master in the violent 70s then it's like the last two are about rain and rapping with sweet sin pappy loot an open letter to iceberg slim there's three parts and then the last one is iceberg adrift musing musings and limit lamentations so yeah the book is like it's very interesting because first of all duvet like what is your what what was your favorite part if you even you even recall what was your favorite aspect of this of this book specifically well you know what it's it's, it's, it's probably been a minute <laughs> no I, you know what i'm always that's the book man i'll go through constantly man I, yeah. you know i've read the book so many times i've almost forgotten it but mm-hmm. i'll never forget the first time that i picked that book up man what caught my attention about the book was that first sentence where he talked about uh that very probably around that second paragraph where he talks about the uh, chamber of the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, let me let me let me let me get that pause. Okay, that's a bad. To me, that's one of the coldest sentences in literature. You know, I'm a fan of. Yeah, yeah. Your first sentence got to be banging to get a motherfucker to read it, man. Mm-hmm. And that's the way he wrote that. Yeah, where he says, "I want to say at the outset that I have become ill and saying." as an inmate of a torture chamber behind America's fake facade of just in the democracy. You know, in literature class, they was 
they would call that purple prose. No, you can't. You, that's too yeah. much. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's a cold sentence right there. Yeah, you know I, would, I would disagree. Like, that's not purple at all. If anything, it's, it's you know, he didn't, he, he does it in a way that's very, it's poetic, right? But again, yeah. like, but, but yeah. it's not, but he's not, he's not like, it's not one of those things where he's like describing details upon details. He's just using very colorful yeah. language. But then again, yeah. you're talking about a man who comes from the pimp game, right? Really? And he's one of those people who like you can kind of you get the sense of immediately when you read Iceberg Slim, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're like, wait a minute. You can see how like he was he was successful in that in that arena um, right. because right. he definitely has a gift with words in a way that like uh, translates right. on the page. Like right. even even when he describes like one of the things that he described that I never heard of until I read him. And he mentions mm-hmm. it in this book a couple of times, which is right. the phrase uh, building castles or, right. or creating air castles. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, what I'm saying building the air castles for for sort of the, the women that he's. Yeah. That he's, you yeah. know what I mean? Where, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's one of those sayings that like, I never had heard it before. Mm-hmm. But then when I when I heard it, I immediately understood, like immediately what he was saying, which I was like, I've never heard it described that way, which is like, right. yeah, he's like, yeah, you, you're building you're building the air castle, which is yeah. you're promising these women mm-hmm. like, you know, like. Oh, you're a queen. Like this is a castle right. I have for you, right. but it's out. It's but it's it's ephemeral. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It's just all game. It's all exactly. you know. It's like the silver tongue, and it's like I feel like you hear about a lot of that shit when you like watch documentaries or you know anybody in that life or used yeah. to be in that life. But mm-hmm. but like I feel like Iceberg Slim was one of the rare few who sort of made that transition, got out of that shit, right? And he sort of like used that in a new way you know, right. as a writer, yeah. I, you know what I mean? In a way where it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, I have never seen it translated because again, like there is a lot of literature like this, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like what you would call pimp literature, but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it isn't, isn't as good. Like iceberg pimp um, right. is one of those novels. That's just good pro. This is good hard boiled prose. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. style. Like, he can legitimately write, you know, it's not like, you know, we all right. know those writers who like, who are like they do this kind of fiction and it's like people kind of look down like you can't really write like i don't you can't say that about iceberg slim you can't no, you know what i mean smart. yeah he was actually yeah. smart man. right right he you was know what I mean? yeah you can tell he was a worldly guy and like you yeah. said like just reading just reading uh the naked soul of iceberg slim you could mm-hmm. see where that came from right because he just he was around he was right. he was he was everywhere you know what i'm saying and and, and mm-hmm. living living that life the types of people he had to encounter and then you hear the stories about even even the stories about his past. Right. Uh, right. You know, before, you know, his issues with his mother, you know, the heartbreak that he's experienced as a young as a young boy. Right. Like all of that shit is like poignant. It's not like, right. you know what I'm saying? It's not like one of those things where where you're like, oh, shit, like this is just some again, he describes he describes people uh, uh, or how people view people in the street from sort of like like as as these sort of like i don't know he uses he uses the he uses a different a lot of different colorful ways to describe yeah. people right. you know what i'm saying or, or how mm-hmm. people are looked down upon sort of uh black people of a certain caste and even right. his indictment of like the uh middle class or the bourgeois you know the bourgeoisie the black yeah. bourgeoisie like right. it's some shit that like you don't see now like it's, it's some shit that you don't see and it's it's mm-hmm. it's something that i find super interesting you know what i'm saying like i, I don't yeah. see I don't see that crit that critique from from people a lot. 
At least no. not to the degree that it was probably back in the 70s. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they kind of, you know, people were so mm-hmm. scared to go in, man. But, you know, when you've been, when you've been a nigga on the streets, man, you've been living mm-hmm. a certain way. I mean, you don't have really have no fear of what another motherfucker think of you because that's how it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And actually, you get used to that because that's what you want. You want to be around people who ain't afraid to uh, say shit straight up. And then he brought that attitude to writing. And that's one of the things that appealed to me when I was young and I was looking at it. So, okay, cool. So, yeah. because you don't feel, you don't hear real writing, like, you know, Elger Cleaver. You know, I read all this, Elger Cleaver, yeah. George Jackson. Yeah. Great literature, as far as I'm concerned. The shit it is, it talk. is. You know what I mean? Blood in My Eyes, one of my favorite books. This is the George Jackson book that no one talks about that's mentioned right. in and in, in, in this book, which is Soledad Brother, everyone talks about yeah. blood in my eye. But right. when I was reading that book and I was like, oh, yeah, Soledad Brother, like I actually yeah. I actually got that book. And I was like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. you're right. But some of these some of these names that yeah. you even you named are like yeah. they're kind of like lost. You know what I mean? Right. Like are they right. like not even lost is as it's almost as if like it's only a certain kind. It's only a certain kind of people that know those names. Right. You know what I mean? At this point right. in 2023, yeah. they ain't writing like it more than that. And really. Mm-hmm. They're not really welcoming that uh, those books out, right? Again. You know what I mean? Now right. they're, they're pushing that they always really start pushing, especially in the '80s. You know the Tony Morrison's and uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, what's the name that wrote uh, the Color Purple? Oh girl, uh, forget her name, but. Um, I'm not blanking on her name too. I really should be no. Yeah. I really should know her name. Yeah. I was, I was Alice, thinking. Alice I thought. Sutton. Yeah, yeah. I thought Toni Morrison, but I'm like, nah. She didn't write the color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But right. All, all all of those books, and they and and, they, and even though Toni Morrison used to say that, uh, mm. hey, when I write my book, uh, I'm not going to be held back by the white gaze, you know, because mm. a lot of see in the '60s when they was writing hardcore like that, right, and dropping that shit. Then all of a sudden you kind of got in the 80s and you start having all these writers kind of pulling back and not saying it hard because according to Tony Morrison, they was writing up with the white gaze. They was I, they wanted they were writing to please the white editors at Random and Penguin and McMillan mm-hmm. and all them motherfuckers. So the writing became this kind of like tame novelistic shit. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what real. Yeah, and that's what it's kind of like been replicated now, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Uh but it is, it's like, you don't see, like there's there's no black writers specifically like that are on the New York Times list or no. that are, you know, that are selling who are no. actually writing anything that is going against the grain when it comes to like the status quo, right. like none. Like it doesn't matter who it is, like, you know right. what I mean? It doesn't matter if you're a black writer right now, right. you sold a lot of books, you get released by a, a big four mm-hmm. publisher, you know, right. and you're on the New York Times, you're not writing anything right. that's it's safe. You know right. what I'm saying? It's yeah. no, it's nowhere near any of this shit like like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, and, and you're right. And it's just it's just very interesting again, like to read this book again um mm-hmm. now and see how like none of this, none of the stuff that he talks about in terms of like not only America, but like right. specifically how. He's not the only one. I think the first the first book I ever read that I that I heard someone articulate the similar viewpoint 
was the uh was the Eldred Cleaver Eldred Cleaver's uh book Soul on Ice Soul on Ice Soul on Ice yeah. he talked about the same kind of thing where we're like there's this there's always yeah. a sort of like what they like to do is they like to elevate certain black people um yeah. to sort of be the spokespeople the, the yeah, elected, yeah. right to appease sort yeah. of the masses you know what i'm saying yeah. to sort the of black like, intellectual man yeah yeah to sort of yeah again like that 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 bourgeois, yeah. the black bourgeoisie class and, and iceberg yeah. slim is like in, mm -hmm. in this book he like goes out of his way to sort of like point that out and sort of indict yeah. sort of like them them you know what i mean yeah. and even yeah. even and even him talking about uh his feelings about the panthers was fucking interesting you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. um yeah. how he how he felt like he saw at first because he was older than they were right 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 now he said he felt like his generation was like cowards Mm -hmm. And like how he admired these young these young guys because they didn't they weren't concerned about yeah. anything but the freedom of of black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, had, he, yeah. he had he had their respect. He even talked about, again, uh, just getting into going to the uh, the headquarters after it was after that famous uh, firefight with with the LAPD. Right. And going to it and seeing, you know, basically in shambles. And getting into a, a a conversation and exchange with the with the Panthers, yeah. and how like one of one of them specifically was like hard on him because of his previous life. You know what I'm saying? Right. He stepped to him. Right. Right. He stepped to him about it, and he and yeah. he didn't. And he said like, and if it, it, at a different time, I probably would have, you know, I would have taken that a different way. Yeah, he said I would have hit it with the pimp profanity. Right. Yeah, yeah, back. yeah. With the that's yeah, with the pimp profanity, the colorful <laughs> language, you know what I'm saying? Which is definitely good at, but he felt a different, he was a changed band. He was and he yeah. and he actually he actually felt, you know, sincerity coming from from those young men specifically. Yeah. Uh yeah, man. And I think it's I don't know, man. It's it's very interesting that like you look at sort of the generations that that have that have like come after. Mm -hmm. And it's just like they've successfully sort of like almost killed the spirit of that kind of, I don't know. Like I thought for, I, we all kind of thought this to a certain degree when the George Floyd shit popped off, that right. this might be sort of a second wave of like that yeah. sort of like revolutionary spirit or, or yeah. and maybe it would be reflective, not only in sort of uh, obviously on the, on the ground, mm -hmm. But like if, if just an artist in art in general and like uh, mm -hmm. but they've they've gotten really sophisticated about like gatekeeping that shit. They've always been yeah. sophisticated. Right. Yeah. But exactly. but it's super, super duper sophisticated. And there's a uh, and I can't remember which chapter or which part of the book it was. But mm -hmm. do you uh, do you remember when he he brings up and I've heard this story told before uh, and I can't remember who it was, mm -hmm. but he, he tells it again, which is the conversation between the liberal white guy and the conservative. Yeah. Or he goes through and he says, like, the liberal is yeah. talking to the conservative and telling them, right. like, like, no, no, mm -hmm. you guys don't understand. Like, right. you know, like breaking it down to him, like your approach is wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We need all, to all the way out his name on that, in that chapter. Yeah. 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 And, and it, it is. Yeah. And it's like, yo, that shit is so true. <laughs> like, like, it's it, it's literally what we, we see today. But yet, yeah. you know, here he is, you know, late in his life talking about a generation that he's not even a part of you know right. man, but describing yeah. this and, and then you just see it now and it's just like the same kind of shit it's, just, it's like mm -hmm. i was talking to my girl my fact can uh i gave her the link is mm -hmm. can she hear us if she in here she should I be able she, to yeah if she's in the meeting oh. she should be able to hear us yeah 
Okay, yeah, I see yeah. she muted, but that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's but muted, no, but I, I haven't muted her. <laughs> she can unmute herself. Yeah. Okay. You, all right, baby. You can unmute yourself if you want to. But, hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, that's that's tab of the blood. Good right. But uh yeah, man, we was talking the other day about how these writers have, have sold themselves out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you got a whole big industry now of no writers is willing to talk like that. You None. know what I mean? Yeah. Like we see bring it bring it real because mm -hmm. they all worried about everybody's trying to worry about fit in, but in the sixties, other day, we were just chalking it up about Man, in the sixties, niggas was killing cops, man. Yeah, you know, we was, you know something about, and yeah. I'm not saying that just because it was some some shit that was fun to do, but mm -hmm. they was doing that shit in response to what the cops was doing to them. It's just like niggas just were not afraid mm -hmm. of the establishment like we are now. Yeah. Now they do shit, and all we do, we doing the shit that Martin Luther King was doing in the fifties, marching and crying. And singing. By the time we got to the 60s, though, them niggas was fed up, man. It was like, you know what? We need to get some of this get back. And now we didn't assert, we didn't went all the way back to right. the 50s. And mostly what we do now is more when a motherfucking nigga get killed. Like mm -hmm. Mike Brown. I'm here with Mike Brown is in Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And everybody thought that was gonna be the jump off. Right. Never happened. Never happened. Yeah. Even though it was an outright. You know, it was it was hard, but they had snipers on top of the building, man. I was writing about it then. They had snipers on top of the building and shit. It was like, it was horrible, man. And it's funny because, again, it comes, I think it kind of speaks to like the level of like sophistication when it comes to sort of the, the ways that they engage in sort of like subterfuge, right? Where right. like, where like the powers that be really know like, oh, we got to keep a fucking bottle on this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So how do we shift the narrative? How do we how do we right. co-opt the movements and co-opt right. the energy? They've gotten really good at that. Like you, you right. we've seen it in real time, how like you can how the energy got co-opted. Like I remember like at the height of the, the whole like George Floyd shit, I remember mm -hmm. like. Being like just out and about and listening to people like outside protesting and shit. And then right. I would hear you would hear some people who were like. Actively like. Fuck, fuck the police, like fuck 12. And then there would be a whole other group of people that would be like almost looking at them like, no, 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 no. Peace, peace, kumbaya. And it was like this, this dueling sort of like energy of like a whole other group of people that were there that weren't on the same type of time. And I just knew yeah. in my mind, I'm like, oh shit, this ain't right. like, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, yeah. it's like you gotta have people in lockstep with the sort of messaging or in terms of like the energy or it's gonna get easily be able, they're gonna easily to be able to sort of like quell anything. And like, that's ex exactly what happened. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. nothing really came of that shit. Like, you know what no. I mean? Nothing, no. we didn't get anything. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. as, a, as a society, like let alone mm -hmm. as black people, like, Nothing came from that shit, even though it was right. like the biggest like protest in in America, probably one of the biggest yeah. in American history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. yet, what do we have to show for it sitting here mm -hmm. now? Right. Uh, and even the writing, even the writing mm -hmm. doesn't reflect that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, none of the right, none of it, none of the writing. Yeah. Again, well, there is writing that reflects it, I feel like, but it's not it's not coming through the channels. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. It's not gonna I mean, you don't you don't see a whole you know what I'm saying? You don't see a whole lot of and what I. Mm -hmm. I mean, in addition to that, is in the fiction, mm -hmm. 
you know what I'm talking about. It's not mm-hmm. coming out in the fiction like Iceberg Slim with with with, uh, with his shit. And mm-hmm. even I got a book on the shelf written by uh, James Readers from the '70s, man. And mm-hmm. it's 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 just it was just it's just cold blooded about black robbers. Donald Goins went with the shit with Ken Yada. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Donald Goins wrote a whole series of book about the Ken Yada about a nigga who said, you know what, I'm gonna get a bunch of other niggas together and we're gonna take over this motherfucking neighborhood. That was a reflection of the '60s. Right. Yeah. What people, but what they was doing, you don't even see that now. You want nobody, a nigga won't even take that chance to put that type of literature out. And it was getting published by, uh, uh, it wasn't a, a, a mainstream, but it got published by and it went large by Holloway House Publishing. Yeah. Well, Holloway House. Was, I know that you told me you collect the Holloway House books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know the Holloway House was, you know, the was the was the basically the publisher who took a chance. On those right. writers, specifically, yeah. you know, Iceberg Slim yeah. himself. Yeah, he uh, saw make money, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they saw like, oh, there was a, uh, there's a need for this kind of, uh, right? You know, for this, there's, there's an actual market. You know, people, people actually right. want to hear, hear these voices. And I feel like now yeah. what we have is a bunch of like people who sort of aesthetically may look a certain right. kind of way, but they're like. Yeah. They're not like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, it's a, it may be a black person or it may be right. an, I don't know, like fill in mm-hmm. the blank with the race that's not white uh, or fill in the, fill in the sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And right. they feel, and, 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 and that's enough for a lot of people. Like, you know what I mean? As if, as if yeah. that, if that like, that, like just existing as a non-white person is a radical act. That's crazy. <laughs> but that, but that's the world that sort of kind of, uh, we live in now where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. this person is radical because uh, like, no, right. that's not, no, <laughs> you're no. not doing anything, uh, right. anything of substance, you know, like we don't have any novels like, like the, the spook who sat by the door, like, right. Who, the, who, who, right. who now, you know what I'm saying? Is going to write the spook that sat by the door and get published right. like right. at a major, you know, you can go the indie route, which I feel like is mm. the way to go. And, and, and obviously now, you know, this, I've heard you talk about this a little bit on Twitter, uh, yeah. which is like, you know, the stigma about self in indie publishing is gone away. Yeah. Um, and that's like where all the interesting shit is, is now, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's, yeah. you know, yeah, it's a lot, it's a crowded market, yeah. but at yeah. the same time, it's like, it's the only way that I feel like you're going to get any sort of, you know, right. tra- not only transgressive writing, um, right. which is, but just writing that's just not, you know, establishment. Right approved our establishment of peace right. uh which which brings me to sort of uh to move a little bit off of of of, mm-hmm. of the naked soul of iceberg slim but we can touch back on it i do yeah, want to talk about i do want to talk about uh the pussy detective because yeah. one um i enjoyed it uh but i also had i laughed a few t- i laughed quite a few times while reading that book yeah um, <laughs> Uh, quite a few times while reading that yeah. book, uh, and and I definitely have some questions. But one of the things uh, that uh, I noticed about your style specifically, and and I, I want I want you to kind of uh, speak on this a little bit, which is your use of sort of uh, like onomatopoeia. You know what I'm saying yeah. when it comes to sort of like yeah. right. the way you're writing. Um, it's very, it's unique. It's right. unique, and and it's it's one of those things that like 
if done wrong, it could be real bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but yeah. when it's done right, like the way you do it, it's like a whole stylistic kind of, I don't know. It, it's just very interesting. Uh, like what what made you do that? Is that just something that you're just naturally inclined to sort of go that way? Uh, did, is that something that you developed? Like, how did that come about? You know what, basically, man, it, you know, it really mm-hmm. came about kind of like, uh, when I first started learning to read, you know, my mama taught me how to read basically. Mm-hmm. And she used to always say, it sounds like this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And helping me spell it. And being from the South, we kind of speak, you know, f- phonetically for right. real, you know what I mean? It's like, that's so that's why my books are basically written in dialect. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is dialect because way back when I was, learning and reading everything. I come, I came across writers like Paul Lawrence Dunbar who wrote in dialect. I said, oh, you can do this shit. You can actually mm-hmm. write a book and get published in dialect and shit. Then I came across Zora Neale Hurston and she wrote all her shit. It had a lot of, uh, these was like Southern writers. Like, okay, well shit, you know. So, uh, but I still hadn't had the confidence way back then. But by the time I got to where I am now, right. I'm like, you know, I don't give a fuck, man. This this my shit. It didn't even gotta get public. Yeah. You know, I publish the shit myself. See, I've had books, though, so I know how to hustle books. So I was never worried about uh what people are gonna say about it. Like, now nah, we ain't gonna publish it. You you sound crazy, you got dialect, you spelling all. I was yeah. like, uh, well, I'll sell a motherfucker myself, I'll hustle it. All yeah. I need to do is sell a thousand books, and yeah, I'm good. I, I liked uh, I liked the uh, I like again, I do I do know people that do the phonetics shit or they do the sort mm-hmm. of uh like they'll do like the malapropriisms or whatever like yeah yeah, my, and yeah. They do, but it's it's not like i don't know like that's some, again it's like one of those things it's like you could probably it's like certain people can do it and then other right. people you like you just nah bro <laughs> you know what i'm saying i've been, I've uh, been doing it so i got good at it i've been doing right. writing with it all my life then. right so and, and that that shows that. yeah it show it yeah. shows in, in 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 your book for sure now i do yeah. i do think you there's something very interesting about this idea that you pose in this book which is uh that bad karma is an std um uh, and i thought i i kind of like that because uh uh, i feel like that works both in a literal and figurative way (laughs) you know what i'm saying like this idea that like yeah who you who you decide to lay down with Mm -hmm. uh not only, you know, can you, you know, like get an actual disease, but now nah, you can get that, that person's energy, that person's karma. Yeah. Uh, and I used to say this back, 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 back when I was like more, more just being a bachelor. I used to tell, yeah. I used to tell women that all the, like, I used to say that, like, you know, that like sex is like an exchange of energy. Right. right. And right. If, if your energy's fucked up, then I don't even I don't even want to be around, you know, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, you got fucked up energy, then I don't want to do it. Cause right. I didn't had enough experience. I had accumulated mm-hmm. enough experience at that point in my life to be, to understand like, Oh, and even, even your character, you know what I'm saying? It, he's, he's articulating that worldview, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Even though he's this very like, uh, uh, over the top kind of like black exploitation. I, I said, this like, I said this yeah. in my like Goodreads review of your book, which is like, mm-hmm. this is like a black exploitation, like bizarro fiction like you yeah. know what i'm saying where it's like yeah. I, I know you might be familiar with bizarro i'm pretty sure yeah. Wait, yeah. where it, it definitely has that because you're definitely on some like ma- like again like this idea of like hoodoo and like this sort of like occult stuff and like ma- magic yeah. and then like right. you're just mi- it's like a gumbo 
You know right. what I'm saying? It's like exactly. This, it's Louisiana, man. I came up with you. Yeah, you just throwing in all these yeah. little spices here and there, and you're just yeah. making this thing that's like completely yeah. something that like, uh, yeah. I'm like shout out to uh uh, uh Clash Books for for yeah. for putting this out. Um, yeah. But also yeah. let me mention um, because I know that uh, I know that uh, it's. The people at Clash, who was it? Le- What's her? Leah? Yeah, Lisa and Chris. Chris Lisa and Chris, right, right. I know that like uh, they took over Clash, but I do want to say a uh, shout out to um, Low Res, who was a guest on this podcast and who, who I was on his podcast, Movies. Uh, yeah. He's moved He's moved away from uh, fiction writing and, yeah. and does mostly movie shit now. He's, try- he's already okay. got a movie coming out, but he was actually the founder of Clash Books. Um, right? Yeah, he started it with them. Um, but he it was his idea to publish his own books under okay. his own, yeah and uh then yeah. he he decided like it was never official but he sort of like walked away to do mm-hmm. some more film stuff and okay. sort of they just sort of ran with it and right. it's never been an official but but i know that i've heard him say like yo like you know i started clash like i mean like yeah. i just want my name in the letterhead <laughs> like or something yeah. or some yeah. shit yeah. so shout out to low res low res also uh so low key, low res is, is partially responsible. Low res, man. How you spelling well, the, that, man? Well, it's, she spells it L O W R E S, but his real name is I think his real name is Jay Corrales. He's got a movie called Mass State Lottery that he directed that's coming out, and he has okay. a podcast of his own and a whole YouTube yeah. presence, Patreon, and all that shit. Yeah, but, man. Uh, you gotta get yeah, him a book, there, man. Yeah, yeah. He he's he definitely is a uh, part of the reason that Clash exists. Okay. Uh, and I do feel like as they've gotten more known. Um, that's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, this dude had this dude had some had a part to play in that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, man, ain't cool enough. yeah but so, but it, your book definitely fe- feels like it's written by somebody who had because again, it's interesting because I like I told you, I read I read The Naked Soul of Iceberg Slim and then mm-hmm. I finished it and then I just burned through the pussy detective. Yeah. And I saw a lot of interesting sort of like you're like I like oh I can tell that duvet you know what I'm saying is not only like of a certain era but like also mm-hmm. like that iceberg slim is definitely one of the one of sort of the yeah. influences because yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you talk about even in this book that is very like you know fun and sort of like over the top intentionally right. but you're still touching on similar things in your book that that I was yeah. seeing him talking about in in a serious way right in, in, in some of these like you know essays and and it's very interesting like even even what we were talking about a little bit um just now um mm-hmm. which doesn't have to do with necessarily the content of the pussy detective but just some of the stuff we've been saying is some right. of the stuff that like iceberg slim in the in that in the portion where it's like a letter an open letter to iceberg slim yeah. Where that right. guy writes a letter, he said yeah. he's a old Vietnam vet, and yeah. like he wants yeah. to write. And then we see the the response letter that that Iceberg Slim writes to him, right. and some of the shit that he was saying. Like mm-hmm. I said before, him telling him, trying to give him advice right. about sort of like writing and like how how it's a how this how this game that exists. Yeah, man, motherfuckers miss that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boys, you know, we all come up. I mean, like I get that from a lot of young cats who buy mm-hmm. my book, you know, uh, you know, in the black community, we always use the word uncle. Mm-hmm. Started in the South. Hey, what's up, uncle? Man, hey, man, I read your book, man, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. It's like my uncle was talking to me. So that's kind of like where I came from, because that's how I was raised, you know what I mean? Right. With your uncles and, and they dropping that old street shit, man. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, 
when when you know you know because it's on it's it's, it's on time you don't have those voices no more right and that's one of the reasons why a lot of young black men you know be going straight now because they don't have that old nigga around that the old uncle the dad or whatever the mama brother yeah you know pulling their coattail and they ain't slow up now if you let me holler at you about this right here you see mm -hmm. so that's a sensibility that where i was coming at with the book and it's kind of like i wanted to be kind of like a community thing like i talk about how i couldn't do the work if it wasn't for a lot of niggas on the street that was feeding me info the intel so i knew what was going down right. so that's kind of like something that I wanted to do. I wanted to mix up the Hulu, the black exploitation, the street, and kind of like just just a scotch up from Iceberg Slim, but not way up there. Just just right there. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. That's and, I, and, and I like I like that you distinguish yourself by just again like just just the syntax alone. Like yeah. you know, on a on a sentence level, just just the way it, even even just how it looks. You know what I'm saying? Like I could yeah. tell, like you, you, again, you're a stylist, right? So it's like one of yeah. those things where it's like it's very clear. And I'm somebody who pays attention a lot to style, where it's yeah. just like one yeah. of those things where I'm like, oh, like Duvet is like very intentionally paying attention to how this whole shit is laid out. Like you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like yeah. there's a reason why he's not only not only like I said the phonetic spelling, but also just like the single the single line like line breaks. Just yeah. shit like that, that like yeah. I know that could get real like writery, nerdy, like yeah. but like yeah. it is some shit that you don't come across necessarily. Um, or you do come across it, but again, it's only kind of typically it's not in this vein, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's typically right. not because I feel like what what I do feel like is like not only are we lacking specifically black writers mm -hmm. who are having uh, more of a sort of non-establishment approach or right. non-establishment uh, appeasing yeah. perspective. But we're right. also lacking black writers who are in general, who I feel like are willing to do things that are more experimentational. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. are taking like taking like artistic like chances, like no, nah, everything has got to be sort of within a certain kind of like mold or they feel like and it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like I feel like a big reason that I started a podcast like this is, is to sort of highlight things that are sort of like not being discussed in general. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And like a big, a, a big effort for me is not only to, cause film is like, I have a background in, in, in movies and screenwriting, right. but I'm, I'm a writer, you know what I'm saying? But it's one of those things where it's been important for me to just not to, yeah. to point out books as well. You know what I'm saying? Because it's more for me, it's more yeah. about like art and like, and yeah, like honestly, like, if the shit isn't about sort of like the world we live in or you don't have a perspective that's not getting at something that's, you know, that's like, because I feel like we walking around right now and we're all kind of sort of like hyper. Right. I don't know. Like, and I don't yeah, know. You're going there though. You're going, you're going there. That's, that's, that's what's good. Once I, we was talking about you, when you showed me the old cover that you had, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, he into that. You know what I mean? You go back. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Literary scholar and that shit. Yeah, I, I, I try yeah. to like. I think it's important to know where you come from, and I also, you know, and that does it. That's yeah. deeper than just sort of like your neighborhood, you know. Right. What I mean? <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? That's like yeah. where your where your family comes from. What are your roots? Where does what the what is the society we live in? Right. Well, right. what is this based on? You know what I'm saying? Like, what mm -hmm. is it built on? Like, what are the, yeah. the common sort of 
misconceptions and perceptions about this world that we live in. And I feel like yeah. writers like Iceberg Slim, mm-hmm. some of the other writers that we've named in this podcast, yeah. Like, yeah. that was one of the main things they discussed, whether they were right. talking about just niggas in the street killing each other or, right. or, or, or pimping. It was right. always there, not even yeah. that far under the surface. Like this was yeah. like, yeah, this world exists for a reason. Right. And it's not just the reason that like, oh, someone is down on their luck. Like, right. nah, like they were getting at a, they were getting at something else. You know what I'm saying? And they right. weren't doing it in a way that I see done today, which was right. like after school special beating you over the head with a message. Like, nah, nah, nah. They were presenting you a world mm-hmm. and they were giving you that shit unflinching, unfiltered. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and I, you know, I, it was something else too, man. I mean, because yeah. y'all, but you just made me think of something that these was grown motherfuckers writing. Now, mm. that's why when you said earlier about urban mm. fiction, I, uh, I put something on Twitter like, my shit is not urban fiction. Right. Urban fiction is written today, it's like uh, YA. It's written as young adults. It's written for motherfuckers. It's kind of like they 12, 13, 14 years. It's all that. And most of, and most of the writers are, you know, are, are young black women. Mm. Not necessarily against them. But what I'm saying is, I read all this shit and I read it like, man, this don't even. It's like they talk like I got kids, you dig? So they right. sound like my 19 year old daughter <laughs> yeah. when I'm reading this yeah, shit. Yeah, I yeah. don't read this shit. Right. You know, right. You want to read something with motherfucker is really talking about some hard life who've been through something. They can get scars on his ass and shit. You know, bring yeah. me something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now yeah, I, they, they want to call it urban fiction and say that and lump iceberg slam with him. So that's why I called it out. I said, no, this is black fiction, black exploitation. There's, there's a difference. Yeah. 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 And it's and interesting. Cool. What you what you he says of he iceberg says something in the book that I remember that kind of des- I feel like describes some of these people, which is intellectual glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, yo, I never heard nobody say that before. <laughs> and I was like, it was a perfect description of like like uh, these right. people where it's like it's like mm-hmm. you're right, like it's very mm-hmm. like uh childish you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's very yeah. like a child i talk about that all the time in just everything yeah. that i see like in the media yeah. in general it's like this this we're plagued by like adult babies and like everything is right. like infantilizing even the movies that right. come out are like again all of it is what superhero comic book shit that shit used to be yeah. for little babies and shit like now now it's taking those like serious adult entertainment yeah. you know you got grown-ass men with like you look in the back of a wall and it ain't nothing but fun cop fun fun co-pop action figures and shit yeah. these motherfuckers 45 yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we got a bunch of grown ass baby and like right. it's reflective in, in sort of everything. Yeah. It's reflective everywhere. It's reflective yeah. in the way like even when we moved during the pandemic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like people right. wanted people wanted like an adult figure there, a fucking right. pseudo father, daughter, mommy, daddy, right. whatever. Like they, yeah. the way they were like going about sort of the way that that whole yeah. shit rolled out. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just weird. It's just weird. I feel like I feel like uh, it, it is definitely by design. I feel like, you know, it's definitely yeah. sort of like people always talk about how like the system is broken. And I'm always like, no, 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 no. Mm. Like the system works perfect. Mm. Like all of this shit that you're seeing is a feature, not a bug. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like all of this shit yeah, is designed, right. it's designed to, for people to be fucked yeah. up the way they are yeah, fucked yeah. Up now. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's designed for, for, for a few people to benefit right. at everyone else's detriment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, yeah. again, that shit that they talk about in a book like this, in a book mm-hmm. like The Naked Soul of Iceberg Slim, or, yeah. you know, in a book like, you know, uh, like you said, you mentioned Blood in My Eye, you know, right. all, all, there's plenty of books and there's plenty of writers throughout mm-hmm. sort of history 
that I that like should be sort of like more talked about and more like sort of right. pushed forward in these conversations that just sort of get lost in the noise because right. it's always about some distraction. Instead, they're talking about motherfuckers who like, you know, you know, nowadays, what's an art, what's a, what's a, a problem? Like somebody like who's on some anti-racist griff, like Ibram, Ibram Kendi, like, like that's yeah. some bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that ain't nothing that's going to advance or help or do anything. Fuck it. Even just on a pure entertainment level, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. because you can say what you want, but these books are also entertaining. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, for most people, it's like, yeah, okay. We don't want to just be some sort of big drawn out political thing. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I get that apathy. Like, you know, again, that's a feature, not a bug, right, <laughs> of the world we live in. But right. at the same time, it's like you had these writers, and I think you touched on this before a little bit earlier, which is like they they present themselves in a certain way publicly, mm -hmm. like on social yeah. media. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, even you, who your right. presence, I know you fell back off of Twitter. But right. again, like, I feel like you on Twitter is more of a fucking – like we don't have people like you on Twitter like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Where you're yeah. like, oh, like you like you read your Twitter feed and it's like, oh, Duvet's just being honest. Like he's just yeah. saying shit. I'm, yeah, I'm just wild, man. I'm, yeah. I'm on the street corner, man. Right, right. It's closer. Right. It's like your Twitter was closer to like the world yeah. off online. Yeah. Like yeah, he's just saying shit that I hear every day. Like I'll just walk yeah. outside. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? But online, you act, people act like these, like people don't have these type of opinions or say these type of things. Right. Um, and it's like, no, that's just online, bro. <laughs> like right. that's not, that's not real, you know. Right. But it's 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 almost like I say this all the time too. Like it's almost like a separate world. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I think fiction, I think fiction now is a representation of that. Uh, you know, um, I've compared this to, to in the past to the Matrix, right? Like the Matrix is a metaphor, right? But I feel like it's mm -hmm. a perfect metaphor for the, being online and offline. Right. You know? Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, it's really like right. it's really divided people. Right. You know, like it's really yeah, divided. Man, people. Right. You know, like they say, the duality of man It's like, you know, yeah. it's that kind of thing where it's like now there's this duality in your mind of like how you present yourself online and how you how you actually present yourself when you're out in the world and you're really right. around motherfuckers as right. opposed to being around people behind a screen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you got a bunch of writers who write like they're writing on Twitter. Which is yeah. I gotta be safe, like I gotta be, and again, like reading a book like The Pussy Detective, like it's not it's not doing that weird ass sort of like self castration, yeah. That like a lot of like specifically black male writers do now, yeah. Which is right. how dare you be a sexual being, like right. how dare you do how dare you like women? That's the no. crazy that's the craziest yeah. thing that I see in no. movies. And in fucking no. books now, it's like, yo, if you like, if you a straight man and you like yeah. a woman, that's right. wrong. Right. <laughs> like, you that's, not, that's, no, you're man. not supposed to like, you're not supposed to like no, no, nah, no, nah, you yeah. can't do that. No. I'm, um, putting, I'm putting my dick in the book. I'm writing this motherfucker. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really crazy, though. Like, it's yeah. really, it's really crazy that it's gotten that yeah. far. Like, it's gotten that far. Where it's, yeah. it, what's, what's even more wild is yeah. if you identify um, as a non-straight man, then you can right. do whatever you want. Like if you're a fucking uh, a non-binary -bi yeah. gay person, you can write yeah. all kind of explicit sex and you get no, no, no one will say anything. Right. You can you can objectify whoever you want in your in your shit. Right. 
You can have exactly. all kind of freaky, weird shit going on. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. progressive. That's fun. Huh? Right. But if you're just right. a guy yeah, and he's got a scene in a book or in a movie yeah. and it's like, right. oh, the guy looks at a girl, he sexualizes her and he hits on her, he touches her, they fuck, whatever. Then it's mm. like, oh, that's misogynist. That that mm. that it's weird. It's weird how they've convinced people. But I don't right. think they've convinced people. I think that like there's a very vocal like part of the internet with where people are really just dumb or just now I don't you know. You toxic. Yeah. Now yeah 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 you're you're toxic. You're toxic. I'm like you know you realize right like we're like mm -hmm. this is not this is not gonna stop. Like you know men are not gonna stop wanting to uh, have sex with women. And like vice versa, <laughs> like, but also like, like I don't know, like I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny to me how how they've been able to sort of like pull the wool over people's eyes, right? And pretend that like um, what they have touted as, uh, and again, all these same writers that we talked mm -hmm. about talked about this same sort of uh, prominent black figures in his like throughout right. the 70s 60s or whatever mm -hmm. talked about this Malcolm X talked about this yeah. like I said Eldridge Cleaver talked about this Iceberg right. talked about this this idea of like appeasing the like they 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 always get the these certain black people mm -hmm. that they've right. appointed right. to sort of speak sort of parrot the sort of yeah. establishment bullshit and mm -hmm. say to everyone else like I, I believe it was Eldridge Cleaver that called them like sort of like uh Negro like I forget his he was he had a he had a really funny term for it and I can't remember yeah. the term right now but something to the effect of like yo these are these these are these black people who are like basically they're sent there to just sort of kind of be like what what a uh what a house negro would be right you know back in slave in like yeah. plantation yeah. plantations and shit like oh yeah yeah I read that you know what yeah. I'm saying where it's like yeah. where, yeah. where it's like yeah you get these people that are thrust into the spotlight and put up mm -hmm. on a pedestal mm -hmm. and then they sort of are the ones who sort of like the messaging has to come through mm -hmm. and they're the ones that are like yo when shit goes down they're the ones that have to get in front and sort of speak for like people that they have no connection with you know what i'm saying like like you're That's no longer point. in you know if you were ever from there to begin with you're no right. longer from these communities you're no longer from these neighborhoods right. anymore but yet right. you're speaking on the behalf of people that you don't interact with or give a fuck about right. and they don't give a fuck about you right. you know what I'm saying? Right. but um it, it's just a weird it's just a weird thing that like but it's that now it's extended it's gotten beyond just sort of that and now it's like mm -hmm. they've they've learned to sort of like again like co-opt all kinds of shit co-opt yeah you know, like even even ideas like a lot of like radical sort of uh black radical theory like mm -hmm. they figured that shit out Right. Like, and they, like now they just say the same shit. <laughs> like right. they go, oh, we could just yeah. say the shit that they say, and just continue to this the bullshit. Like we don't got to right. change anything. We got to we don't got to address any of their issues as a community. Right. We can say fuck them. You know what I mean? But but we yeah. can talk a certain kind of way, and it and it signals to everybody that oh no, we're different. Yeah. Right. Like, no, you're not. You just long as you, long as you get you come out the closet, then we'll we'll just like <laughs> right. Things, yeah. But mm. if I come out and say shit hard. Mm. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I've had a few people when I was on Twitter mm -hmm. uh, would get in my inbox and go, you know, hey, why would you why would you say that? I said, look, hey, man, look, it's, this is who I am. I mean, you know, I right. don't talk more different online than I do offline. I mean, you know, it's a, it's, it's the weird. same. Shit. It's weird when you like when you un, when you just correct, have a have a, a tendency to try to correct a, an, a grown ass person all the time. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's a very yeah. weird impulse you know what i'm saying right. like yeah Twitter, baby. That's Twitter yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like why are you on here always correcting all these people like whether you agree with them or not 
it's like not really <laughs> it's become right. very in fashion to make right. and i think people feel like they're actually doing something right. um but in the majority of the cases they're not like they're just you know you're just not yeah. actually um and again i don't how do, how do you build how do you yeah. how do you actually get any sort of i don't know i don't know what they're trying to get out of it outside of yeah. like sort of like clout right or like kind yeah. of like or right. oh, they think something they think something wrong which i had a white cat get in my inbox he was like yo duvet i don't know even what i tweet, tweeted but i was just talking shit you know what i mean just talking shit like i'm on the corner he got in my inbox, go, hey, man, just, you know, hey, I'm just concerned about you. Is there anything wrong? I'm just talking, having fun over here. Ain't nothing wrong. I'm just talking shit. Just trying to see right. you, just check, checking the temperature, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, like, look, I got I got plenty of family members of all kind of different stripes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like all different yeah. kind of fucking whatever you you name it i got it right and, and, it, and it's like it's one of these things that like people want to pretend that like people want to be like i don't know like you can't people aren't people aren't robots like people aren't these yeah. like they want people to be like these sanitized sort of uh i don't know hr approved right kind of beings that move around the earth and that's just not how human beings work right but that's what that's the expectation now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's even weird because you see it in the like the Zoomers, like the younger kids, the like where they've got this whole there's a whole like movement now. Um, it seems to be. I mean, you could always yeah. debate like how, how how much of a movement it really is. But right. but but there seems to be a lot of young people now who don't like depictions of sex in movies or in anything. Yeah, I heard about that movie. I'm like, that's weird. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that that's a weird, right. that's a weird kind of like, I don't know. I'm like, I just really, I just really think about that. And I'm really like, like, what does that mean? Like, what kind of psyche, mm-hmm. what's going on in the psyche of a young person to where they would mm-hmm. even like take that kind of stance and be like, but it's reflective. Again, it's reflective in the things we see now. Like right. it's reflective in all of the shit we see. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's it's gotten to the point now where it's like it's like I t- I the reason I'm reading books and talking to you and reading books like this that was written I don't even know when this was written initially. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I know it was around the 70s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but, yeah, but the reason I have to go look for things like that and I do find new stuff too, but again, where's I, where yeah. I find that stuff? I find that stuff, you know, buried like stuff that's like not getting promoted. I have exactly. to I have to either dig really far into mm-hmm. the past to find stuff that's you know of any sort of actual artistic worth, merit. Yeah, you gotta death. dig in the crates. You gotta dig in the yeah, crates. You gotta dig the crates. Yeah. Like I'm you know what yeah. I'm saying? Or or I gotta like yeah. scour the fucking internet to find spaces where people are actually doing stuff that I think right. is actually worth checking out. Because mm-hmm. all of the stuff that gets thrown in our faces now is so void of any human that's why people talk about this AI shit too. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like chat GPT is writing stuff now. I'm like, yeah, but the only reason this is an issue is because y'all already write like that already. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's easy for a motherfucking AI to, yeah. to, to replicate yeah. the bullshit that's out now. Yeah. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy for them to do that, for, mm-hmm. an, for an AI to do that because you guys are already AI. You guys are already, you know what I'm saying? You've adopted this yeah. weird, like, 
I'm a human being, but like, I'm like, I can't, like, there's no such thing as a, an infallible human being. Right. Um, there's no such thing as a person who's not a, a multitude of different things. Right. Like we're human well, no. beings. We have the capacity right. for good, evil, everything in between, like all shades. And, and the only mm-hmm. reason we know what, what evil is, is because there's good and vice versa. Right. right. If there's nothing to measure it against, then how do you know what it is? Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's part of life. And again, yeah. Iceberg talked about this idea of struggle, right? Struggle. Mm-hmm. Like that's what, that in essence, that's what it is. That's what the struggle of life is. Life is about that duality. Life is about yeah. that. Like in order for us to know, you know, what a lot of these concepts or what of these things are, we need to have a counter to it. That's just basic shit. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but they want to eliminate that. They want it to yeah. only be one thing. Right. You they know want what I'm saying? They want, yeah, they want to sanitize it and sterilize yeah. that shit. And it's like, right. yo, at that point, you're not a human anymore at that point. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're at, you're operating like a robot. But also, right. again, this idea that like we can only it's everything is positive when we live in a mm-hmm. world that's clearly not positive. Right. It's crazy. Right. Like I get it. I get it on, on the level of like, oh, this is some sort of like weird coping mechanism for some people. Yeah. Right. But it's also like, don't they understand it's a con? Again, Iceberg talks yeah. about this shit all the time. Like it's a yeah, con. Iceberg talks about that. He talks yeah. about he talks about the con, man. It's all it is. It, it, it's, it's the it's American con. con, right? It's this big long yeah. con that America runs on you. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. have bought into the con. They've bought into that shit. They believe that shit. They believe that, like, yo, you you believe that, like, you live in an honorable nation and shit. Right. <laughs> you believe that they got your best interest out. And like that right. couldn't be farther further from the truth. You, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, and, yeah and, man. And that's why books like, again, even books like The Pussy Detective that are are not intentionally trying to, like, you know, slap you over the head with like right. any sort of like overt again, which I don't I don't like anyways, unless you write nonfiction. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? I don't really like my fiction to be sort of heavy handed. But even yeah. a book like yours stands out amongst all these other books just for the simple fact that you're just being yourself <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying which yeah. is crazy because that's supposed to be yeah. fundamentally what you bring to the table when you make some shit right exactly. what, that's that's like the the base level ingredient yeah. you need to even make a shit like it's, it's like you know bring yourself I always, I always say and that's interesting you say that because I always say i write for niggas man you know mm. and i know how i am i'm one of the niggas that i write for that's a book i didn't see and I want number one, I want the book to be entertaining. Mm. Two, I want the book to be funny. I want, you know what I'm saying? This you will hear this type of shit. The book I wrote is the type of shit that you will hear standing on the corner, right. talking about bitches and hoes and whatever it is. And you know, and you will hear all of this mixture like you do typically on the corner in the barbershop. And you hear some of the best wisdom ever in your life on the street corner in the barbershop, man. You know what I'm saying? And these cats. Uh, I'm working on a book now where I'm bringing in uh, a little of that. I wrote a story called Me and Mr. Smirnoff, which is kind of based on the mm-hmm. barbershop conversations and whatever. But you would hear all this raw shit, and then you would hear this this wisdom, too. Right. So it's kind of a weird mix, and you got to get it just right because you can't write it if you haven't lived it, kind of, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what separates my books a lot of the way because... People not really writing like that anymore. They're not. But I'm still around to write that shit. So that's why I'm like, you know, let me at least get these two motherfuckers out. Man. And, and an example of that, an example of that, and, and, it's a, and it's what people wouldn't write. 
because they would be like, oh, you can't say that to make that even a joke. Is it politically incorrect? Is there's a moment in in the Pussy Detective where uh, your main character <laughs> is talking about uh, how he likes regular weed, right? Right. Yeah. He's like, I don't like the new weed because it got all this shit in it that I don't know about, right? And he's right. like, yo, I've heard the new weed. He says one of his friends was saying uh, <laughs> that he the new he thought that the new weed was turning him gay. <laughs> and he was like i i forget the exact words you probably know yeah. it but you were like and i personally i, I feel like the world's already got too many bitch niggas <laughs> and like it's a joke it's a it's a part that i laugh i literally laughed out loud when i was reading yeah. it right. but it's one of those moments where it's like no like like that's no, that's a normal joke that yeah. i've heard plenty of motherfuckers make right that now is like that's deemed as like but that's realistic though Right. Like it's a joke. One, get it. People, people don't have sense of humor anymore, and and they want right. to sort of like say what's off, what's what's out of bounds, and what's not. Right. But that's exactly. a fucking joke. That's like legitimately a joke that I would hear, like from yeah. my uncle or my fucking dad or right. who, you yeah, know what I'm exactly. saying, like anybody. Like you know what I'm saying. Well, like, right. it is said. just so we offhand, and it's like, but it's, yeah. it just, but again, like that would used to be some shit that like. It was part of like what was important. What was part of mm-hmm. important in reading the story was like that you got you got that kind of flavor, those kind of glimpses into sort of that gives it that uh verisimilitude, you know, that gives right. it that like sense of like realism, even yeah. though you're talking about some wild shit, some crazy yeah. shit. Like it's those moments that ground it, that make it not only give you like mm-hmm. levity, obviously, you know, but right. also just like, oh yeah, that's like a that's like a real kind of moment. That's like a moment yeah. that you don't you don't even read those type of moments that much anymore right. in books because yeah. of what we have been what we've been talking about which is exactly. like oh exactly. like, this weird again everybody there used to be a time and you can speak to this because you older right. than me yeah but there used to you know there used to be this concept of selling out right, right? and yeah. i feel like the generations that preceded mine like that's not a thing to them anymore like they don't even know what that means no no like the the, the expectation is that like you know what i'm saying the expectation is you, of course you're gonna get the bag you're gonna sell out but yeah. like previous generations used to be like, no, 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 like you don't sell out. Like that's a bad yeah. thing. Right. But to people right. now, that's the only aspiration. The only aspiration is, right. of course, right. Of course, I'm going to like take the money and adjust my behavior and right. act accordingly. Right. They got motherfuckers ashamed, man. You know, the mm-hmm. old niggas used to call it race pride. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. a race man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You say that now, then they want to say, you know, I've had plenty of white people call, well, you're a reverse racist. All right, cool. <laughs> so I, ain't got, I ain't got no problem with I don't have a problem with a white man mm. uh, believing in preserving his race. I mean, you're white. That's what you're supposed to do. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. The only problem I have is when you try to suppress my race at the benefit of your, your now right. problem. Right, but right. You could be, be proud, you know, it's like Scott Adams would talk about. Uh, mm. There's nothing wrong with being white. You know, that was a question that he was raised with yeah. Scott Adams, the whole deal with shit. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be uh, happy to be white. Go ahead. You know, one of my best friends was was a white dude all through elementary school. We fought together, man. You know, man, chasing little girls together and shit. So that's how I grew up. But now it's like this whole thing is a white was like, well, uh, am I supposed to be ashamed to be white? No, you're not. What's supposed to be shame is you bringing your shit over here trying to keep me from being black or doing what I'm doing. That's where the problem comes in. Right. So a lot of you motherfuckers don't know your boundaries. Stay your ass over there. Mm-hmm. Do your white shit. Let me still <laughs> <laughs> do the nigga shit. Don't try to stop me from doing my nigga shit. 
Right, right. Yeah, but that's what. But what you're talking about is more nuanced than the discussion yeah. that usually gets had. You know what I'm saying? Like this idea mm-hmm. of like, oh, like what what constitutes like like pride in one's culture and right. background and where they're from, and then right. like this idea of like racial superiority or like right. wanting to sort of subjugate other races beneath yours. Like that's a right. totally different kind of thing yeah. that gets that gets sort of like completely just ignored like it's like oh you're talking about pr- racial pride in any way right then immediately that that's like buzzwords like you put race right. and pride together and right. it's like alarm it's like red flag oh oh you mean you yeah. mean you racist now <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying when it's like actually not not unless you yeah. is <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like like you, know, you ain't racist unless you race you, you ain't just you ain't just proud to be white right you think white is better. That's and you want, yeah, and you hate motherfuckers for not being that, like, type yeah. shit. Like, that's a totally yeah. different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, people want to, like, conflate one with the other. Uh, right. Because I feel like, again, like, people don't have time. Or they, it's not even that they don't have time. It's just that people are just lazy and they don't want to have that conversation. Right. So it's just like, right. fuck it. If you even talk in any, in any mm-hmm. if it even orbits that shit, then it's already... Right. Nah, right. you can't, you out of, you can't. Like, because you know that, you know that. You've probably experienced it yourself. Like yeah. where it's just like, oh, like the fact that you even mentioned, like, even broached on a topic that's perceived mm-hmm. as like taboo, is right. like, okay, you you can't do that. You can't. It's like, right. what do you mean I can't do that? Like, I'm a fucking, I can say what I want. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but to, to a lot of people, they just like, nah, you can't. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? To me, that's like right. the that's like the death. That's not only the death of like art, but that's like the death of your soul. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a human being, where it's like. Right. Oh, so you feel a certain kind of way, right? And you can't, you're not allowed to sort of express that. Like, how are you going to develop understanding? You know right. what I'm saying? Can't you know, you it. could be wrong, right? right. But you mm-hmm. never understand why you're wrong. Right. Because people aren't even willing to have that conversation with you in a meaningful, sincere, and sincere way. Right. Like, um, in order That's for you good. to do that. And it used mm-hmm. to be that, like, actually things like the, the, the world of art, whether it's books and shit, you can have those sort of conversations, but they're not overt. Right. And people could read a book and, and, and it could be about some a, a person they don't know, a completely mm-hmm. fictional person, a f- completely right. fictional world. Right. And, but through that book, they can sort of develop that understanding secondhand. Right. But right. when you're breaking this safe shit that they're right now, how is that even possible? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you just got a whole bunch of people with no understanding just out there just saying, like, I'm supposed to believe this because this is what mm-hmm. I've been told. But have right. but really, they don't. You really don't have any beliefs because the next the next shift culture or sort of like mainstream status quo you know whatever the fucking new sort of uh line you need to tow that mm. comes down from high you're just gonna go right with it exactly you know what i'm saying you're just gonna go with whatever it don't even matter like you know what i'm saying and we've seen historically how that's played out for a lot of people which is mm. like that's how they justify all kind of crazy shit that's how they justify right. shit like slavery that's how they justify shit like the holocaust that's how they mm. justify all these sort of like atrocities right it's just that yeah. people just fall in line they don't yeah. question it because it comes yeah. down from from the motherfuckers who got control. And it's like, I don't see how people aren't making those connections. You know what I'm saying? No. I don't see, I don't see no. how, like, when people say, oh, you guys are being a little bit too, uh, 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 you ca- you guys are caring about this shit. And it's really not. It's like, nah, dog, it's it's it starts with the little shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? It starts with yeah. the little shit. When they right. start to when, they, when people start telling you you can't do something, you should always mm-hmm. ask yourself why. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because get some, the fuck from. right, right, but you should always be asking yourself, wait a minute, like it's not about like what they're saying necessarily, it's more about like you recognizing 
that this this is something you should be paying attention to in terms right. of like okay so w- w- why and you you know what i'm saying i feel like yeah. most people don't even do that no more dog. you know so, no so no they don't want nobody to ask no questions man so let me yeah. ask you to, to, to sort of switch it up as, as i wind down on this um yeah. with you uh let me ask you a little bit about sort of film because i feel like i always talk about movies on this podcast uh and i feel like just reading your book i feel like i definitely i'm reading a cat who who definitely has uh some film influences in him because i feel i don't want to i don't want to make any assumptions but were there any sort of like film influences that you had coming up that sort of filter into sort of your work and is there any sort of stuff that you're into or have been into in the past that sort of bleed into your work film wise you know what? Yeah, I think, you know, I just naturally write cinematically anyway. You know what I mean? So uh, like you're noticing uh, Soul Collector, it's even heavier on dialogue. Mm. You know what I mean? So the uh, it's, and it's also ironically or interesting you should say that about two months after the Pussy Collector was out, I had this producer who uh, produced a couple of movies that's not late and then Lawrence Fishburne was in hit me up on Instagram. That was last yeah. year when I was on that. And he was like, hey, look, uh, uh, I'm kind of, I'm interested in, in, in this book. Uh, I said, all right, well, let me send you a copy. So I sent him a copy. That was a year. I don't know what's up with him. And uh, he could be shopping motherfucker around, but he automatically thought that it should be a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. So I looked him up and I saw he was legit. I said, all right, so I'm just going to sit on it. So yeah, I just kind of tend to write cinematic and black exploitation, of course, is is my shit. You know, uh, Dolomite is a big influence on me too. Yeah, Rudy Ray Moore. So he didn't write books, but yeah. his dialogue and how he spoke and how he put emphasis on shit in all his movies, uh, just the the and it's not so much we talk about cinematic greatness, but we talk about just the attitude. Right. Of the movie. So yeah, the attitude of those movies when niggas was whooping ass, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. of the 60s yeah. and all that whole nine yards and they wasn't scared to say anything. So now it's like, you know, people are scared to say things in books or have a black attitude. And it's just, it's just so uh, Yo, sanitized. That, man. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you notice this, and maybe this is just me, maybe I'm tripping, mm-hmm. but like what you said right there about that black attitude, right? Yeah. Um, it's changed now. Where like the black attitude is very specific. That yeah. you, the new generations, where you, and specifically when we watch like yeah. some of the newer newer films and even in some of these newer books, right. it right. seems to me that the black attitude is now primarily driven by the black women. Yeah. Where like that's the expectation and that's the accepted right. way right. in which you express black attitude. Right. And it's right. I don't know what that's about. Right. I mean, I have my theories. I have right. my theories. Right. That's the castration of that's Right, the right. It goes back to that. It goes back to that sort of like yeah. that attack on black masculinity, right? Yeah, and like, simple. so it's like, you can't like, it used to be sort of like this, this all encompassing. It didn't matter. You were a black person. There was a kind of way that black people right. expressed themselves. And there was right. this, this, like you, like you already hit, hinted at that black attitude yeah. that came through. And that right. black attitude, yeah, it presented itself in different ways depending upon if it was male or female or whatever, right. but it was a collective attitude. Now right. it's like, nah, there's only one way you can express that. And that has to be led by the women um, because, right. you know, you're not a man. And I think uh, Neely Fuller is the one who always said this, like black black men aren't men in America. Mm-hmm. Right. They're always perceived as boys. 
Like, right. like that is the way it's designed. Like you're a boy, even if you're a man, you're a boy. You know, right. obviously there's, there's always been that like a white yeah. man calling a black man boy, you know, right. throughout history, like boy, mm-hmm. boy. But it's like also like in it's part of the fucking fabric of this country where it's like, no, they mm-hmm. want to, they want, but want black men to be boys. Like they want to treat exactly. them like boys. Mm-hmm. And again, this, this, this going out of the way to sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, uh, attack black male masculinity. Yeah. Um, like it's something wrong with it. I something wrong, exactly. Like we're deemed as like what? the wor- toxic wor- worst garbage. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like they're, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's like, and it's like, Nah, man. Nah, fuck that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, nah. We, you know, I'm not, we're not, we're not playing those games. But it's just weird to watch uh, those who are just so, so willing to, to sort of get, they want, they want to have that kind of like, they want to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, again, Iceberg right. Slim talks about the, the same shit and in, right. in, in the naked soul of Iceberg Slim. Like, yeah. you know, I, it's when he talks to uh, the god, the goddess, right? Not the goddess. No, 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 not the goddess baby sis the baby sis chapter right. where yeah. he talks about the girl who who he called baby sis because he yeah yeah and, and like she became an actress or whatever and yeah. then he went and yeah, visited yeah. her yeah he broke and, her ass down though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where yeah. she where she where, when she had been up in the house in the mansion and she was getting cast right. in movies and yeah. he went to see her because a, a, a guy who she was dating at the time mm-hmm. right he had slim had encountered him at a party Right? right. And he was like, mm-hmm. he's like, what happened with you and baby sis? And he said, man, you know what? She's a self. She's like, she's a self-hating, self-hating black person now. Like yeah. she don't, she don't want anything to do with black people. She don't want nothing to do. She, but, and, and so iceberg. What did she tell me? This is how she get paid though. That's what she tried. Yeah. To yeah. She's like, I, I, I get paid though. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, it was the white man that put me up in this house and they gave yeah. me this life and yeah. all of this shit. Yeah. And then right. he and then he leaves. He leaves her. He walks out of her house and says, "You know what?" She's like, "Ain't no, ain't nobody ever done nothing to me back when I was just down there. Ain't no black person ever done." And he said, "I helped you. You right. know what I'm saying? You remember?" He's like, "I was just yeah. one of them niggas, like, yeah. and I helped you, right? When you needed exactly. it most." And then he right. just le- and he left, right? Great. That was a great scene, man. Yeah, I it mean, was a great scene. Yeah. Like, it, it was just one of those moments where it's like it was yeah. so it was it's. Yeah. It struck a chord even because you know you know that like you know that that's something mm-hmm. that it plagues the psyche of like the modern day like right. African American person right right where it's like we know so many people who get in certain positions mm-hmm. and they will literally whatever tap dance they need to do you know what I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna do that you know what I'm saying and obviously yeah. you know when he talks about that and, and sort of uh what what was the uh, uh I got these things written down because they're such memorable. Like every single one of these, every single one of these moments, like even though he's like jumping in and out, like they yeah. feel like stories. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. he, is, he is a storyteller, right? Yeah, but even yeah, when he's yeah. just talking yeah. about these moments. The like, essays, yeah. Yeah, these like, these are essays, but they, they feel like a narrative. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost right. like you're reading Pimp again. Right. Even though he's talking about like yeah. literally like specific. Right. Not only parts of his life, but things that are going mm-hmm. on. Like, right. Even the one that the chapter about it was it uh Uncle Tom and his master. Yeah. Oh man, that's a cold blooded chapter right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so again, like if you guys haven't read, um, for listeners who haven't read the naked soul of iceberg slim, if you haven't read iceberg slim in general, right, uh, I would advise you to do so. Like, because right. regardless of whatever, just on a on a pure like just on a pure writing level, you can appreciate it one, but also 
on a pure entertainment level because it's not as much as our conversation is skewed towards sort of like a lot of a lot of different things that are about like you know the state of america black yeah. identity issues yeah. race polit- politics whatever like that's not like a barrier for entry or that's not some shit that like you don't even have to you don't even you could just take this for what it is because it's not mm-hmm. again it's not one of those because i know now again i have to say this all the time i know what people think when they hear these kind of conversations in regards right. to certain works of art now they right. think that i'm gonna read this and it's gonna be that it's gonna right. be like oh no that's all of that shit is there but it's not mm-hmm. there in a way that's like presented to you as some kind of like yeah he has a perspective a worldview and an opinion but he's not like mm-hmm. He's just stating it to you and he's not trying to like hammer you over the head. He's like, kind of like, I'm laying this out for you and Mm -hmm. take, take from it what you will. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like that's a lost art. It's just a real, you know what? It's just a real conversation that, Mm -hmm. uh, at least that's how I grew up, man, that, that, you know, niggas have, we just have real conversation. It's like, Mm -hmm. why should I be scared to, you know, shut my mouth or, Whatever you know, what I'm talking about. It's like right. you, you grew up one of them old cats uh, that, that was raised in the 20s that wasn't scared of white folks and be willing to die protect their land or whatever it is. Like, hey, if I gotta, you know, if I gotta die, I gotta die. So it's like they had that that attitude that is missing from books, from the movies. I hate watching the movie where a black man is he's strong, he's doing shit, and then he go home is you know, he's like uh, uh, a simp. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's that's a definitely. Like, you know, how you running these motherfucking streets like this? And then when you go home, your wife kick your ass, though. Yeah, yeah. You know that's what I'm a, talking about? It, yeah. don't, it don't add up because I wouldn't raise around no black dude. Nigga ran the house, he ran the street, he ran everything, and his woman respected him in a certain way mm-hmm. that she knew how to bring things to him. Now nah, he got these women, they talk to the black man any type of way. Mm-hmm. In the movie, this is what you were saying when you mentioned it earlier. It's like they talk to the black man in a type of way, and all he do is like, you know, he, he milk toast and shit. I'm sorry, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. see, so no, that's not a, that's not really a reflection, man. That's kind of a reflection. They're not a real reflection of the attitude of a real black man to me. It's a mm. reflection of how they trying to groom young cats coming up now how to be. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And calling it being a gentleman. No, that's not being a, a that's not being a motherfucking gentleman. You right. Know what I mean? no, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And it's interesting you say that because like I remember like a movie that kind of depicted a sort of more a realistic sort of like, I don't know, at least in terms of the way it pre- depicted black masculinity. I rem- yeah. Baby Boy, right? Yeah. Where I actually uh, I said I tweeted this. I know you ain't on Twitter like that no more, but I tweeted right. this like a few years ago. I I, I mm-hmm. wrote a uh, a sequel to Baby Boy with Tyrese Gibson. Like mm-hmm. it's it's never going to get made. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad I tweeted that. I'm glad it's not going to get made because I know the kind of directors that they would put <laughs> on <know>. this movie. <laughs> and, and not only that, you, right. And not only that, not only that, but, but the script still needed work. There was a lot of things that I was like, I'm working with him. So I'm type to take sort of feedback. It's a, it's a collaboration. I still feel like there's a lot of things that needed to be done. But even right. if the script was perfect, right? I just know that there's not many hands you could put that in where it's going to be made that even close to what it was before, which is like mm-hmm. I feel like a more accurate representation of like, like right. 
how black men and women interacted, mm-hmm. not only in that community, but in the in the context of a relationship. You know what I'm saying? What that like at least back at least back in that early the early 2000s and in the late 90s, there was still some sort of um, semblance of depicting sort of uh, real experiences. Like, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to like black people, depictions of black people. And that doesn't exist anymore. It's only like about depicting sort of like these bourgeois elite black kids in their lives. And this, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when they try to depict, yeah, yeah, even when they try to depict stories that aren't about them, it's still through that, filtered through that. You know what I'm saying? It's still filtered through this idea of like, you know, um, kids who want to go to fucking they not if they ain't going to fucking uh, Ivy League school, then they go to H, well, a pre prestigious HBCU or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like so we like it's not a it's nothing about regular people anymore. Like you know no, what I'm saying? Exactly. Like it's yeah. not about regular people anymore. It's not yeah. about like you're not getting that. You're just getting sort no. of you know and 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 yeah. So when you said to me like oh like a producer was interested in your work, and then he just sort of like that's just how Hollywood is. Like yeah. That's just normal. Like they, they might hit you back a year from now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no courtesy in the in that business. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Where it's like, right. I ain't counting yeah, on them shit. I'm, I'm moving on, man. Right? Yeah, you gotta like. I always yeah. say that all the time. Where it's like, I learned that early on when I lived in LA briefly, and 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 like sort of like the best thing I ever did was like, not only leave, but then like, would come now every time I go back, mm-hmm. I can I just navigate it so much better. Like then when I was there, because I felt like I was surrounded by like a weird sort of bubble and it's not real. Like you got you got real people in L.A., you got real people. But like if you out there in sort of like anywhere in that Hollywood sphere, yeah, it's not real. Like you got real people that's raised out there. You got people that's Mm -hmm. in the but those aren't it's never depicted in any sort of even when motherfuckers that, you know, are from there. Yeah make that shit it, it ain't it ain't even close to what it really is like it's not it's right. like because mm-hmm. that type of shit is they make sure the gate like there's a filter mm-hmm. right that shit can't get through the filter they ain't letting that shit through no more like not through yeah. the not through the normal ways so like you right. get stuff like anything that uh like what, what like that new coming to america movie or, yeah. or, or or just anything like the new house party movie or the new fucking i'm pretty sure that new white man can't yeah. jump it's gonna be horrible i'm pretty sure like you know what i'm saying because it's like there's filters in place for that to make sure that like oh this shit is not gonna it's gonna be this way right and it ain't gonna be like that that previous era where you got to depict sort of black people in a way that was a little bit more realistic and and showed sort of like the elements of 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 the culture that now they deem as problematic or unacceptable they're like nah we're not having that like you know, they want to they want to present a, they want to present a nigga like me like as a dinosaur man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I tell you, one good thing about having a lot of children is they keep me informed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like all the time people are like when the way I write and certain things I talk. It's like, well, how you know? They look at me like, how do you know this shit, man? And you said, what do you mean, man? <laughs> how do I do this shit? <laughs> I'm nigga, I'm 60. I ain't dead, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, I can still read a little skinny tape. Yeah. But so it speaks to what you talk you mentioned earlier on, which is um, and I feel this way about myself, um, is that like motherfucker, like very rare, very rarely, very rarely do you have anything to say as an artist or a person who's a creative person when you're like mm-hmm. hella young. 
very right. rarely there are there are there are cases you know yeah. that we've saw of like people who are like almost like old souls or just lived a certain kind of life yeah. that made them grow up early but for the most part like you don't really have a lot of worldview or perspectives until you go through life and actually have mm-hmm. some shit you know what i'm saying you have to yeah. have some life experience yeah. accumulated for you yeah. to even make interesting shit like yeah mm-hmm. you could do a good impression like i, I always said it all the time like I, I could always write even yeah. when i didn't have nothing to say like i could always write but it wasn't about yeah. shit right. <laughs> it wasn't until i got to my 30s where i was even about you know like where i was like oh i can actually say some shit right. like i could have i could have just did a i could have done a good like impression of someone who actually had a little bit more to say you know, right. and I went through shit, but I didn't. But I didn't go through nothing, nothing that was, you know. Yeah. Again, I, I didn't. I didn't come through a situation where, like, I had two parents that gave a fuck about me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have to be thrown out into the world super early. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I, I progressed at a normal sort of pace and went through the bullshit that anybody else goes through. But again, like, it took me having a kid early, having fucking bad jobs, doing all kinds of shit, moving out, moving here and there to where like, oh, I started to have an actual worldview and a perspective that it started to translate into work that yeah, meant something. And I feel like a lot of these people, they just don't, like the sad part is the expectation is when you're young that you're going to have some shit that's a little bit like, mm-hmm. not kind of like, yeah, you're young still. Uh, but you would hope that once you get older, like you would, that would sort of like change and you would, you know, have you'd have a lot more to say because you've been and we see a lot of people that's just frozen and crystal <laughs> like they yeah. they they just going to be this motherfucker for the rest of their life. And they don't really have nothing else to say. Um, I know a lot of I know a lot of young motherfuckers, man. They can't even keep up with me yet. I'm yeah, just for talking sure. about in terms of being plugged in, you know yeah, what I mean? Because people, they just they don't they don't. Yeah, these like decide. 21, 18. I'm like, how do you don't know this shit? You can. And you most can, of them, don't, a lot of these motherfuckers don't even know they black, man. Yeah. You know, it's a weird thing. What I'm saying is like, don't do realize you and I have the same skin color. Right? You, got, <laughs> you do understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Don't, well, don't ever forget that shit there. Yeah, they, but, I, yeah, like now they're trying to forget that shit. Like, like they don't want to, I don't even want to call it selling out. It's just like, it's like, uh, it don't mean nothing anymore. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't even want to. Everybody is trying to not only integrate in terms of uh, like neighborhoods, but just Mm -hmm. integrate racially. Like we don't want to, we don't want to, there's this whole movie, like we don't want to see no color. It's not even about color. Yeah, it's about, it's about assimilation. We know that, but it ain't true. It's about a straight up assimilating completely. Yeah. And like, and yeah, you're right. But also, you know, I say this too. I've said this to people before, like, no, like being not like, tapped in or plugged into shit that's a choice yeah that's a choice that people make and it can be made at any age like you know what i'm saying it can be made at yeah. fucking 15 or it can be mm-hmm. made at 30 or 25 or 50 or 60 like you could just decide at a certain point i know so many people like that they'd be like mm-hmm. they'll tell me like they'll be writers and shit right and they'll right. be like yeah man i don't i don't have time to like how you know about this or how you know about that it's like whoa what do you mean? Like, bro, like I got just I got just as many responsibilities as you. I got kids. I got right. a fucking house, bills, whatever. But like, that's yeah. a choice, dog. Like you right. made the choice. Right. Like motherfuckers just give up at a certain. We know that. Like motherfuckers will just give at a certain point. Certain people hit certain points in their life where they just give up. Like it's like, fuck it. Some people right. is 25 and they done. Like they yeah. just already like I'm done. Like it's no. over for me. I'm <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not like that. Like you clearly not like that. Like there's just some people just not built that way. They just like you know no. what I'm saying. Where it's like, 
I'm still alive. I'm not dead, yeah. motherfucker. Like, I'm not about to yeah, just... Uh, exactly. Yeah, I can't <laughs> you know, leave this motherfucker kicking and screaming. And I'm going right. out saying, Yeah, you, know, you can learn. They literally, I know it's a cliche, but you can literally learn yeah. something new every day. Don't matter. Yeah, you know true. what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't... Agree. Right. And that's just something that, like, is reflective in... And, and again, it's reflective in people's attitudes, but it's also reflective yeah. if people decide, <clears throat> some of our peers, if you want to call them that, who are engaged in this 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 game, this writing game, yeah. this 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 right. creative artist game, mm-hmm. uh, some of our peers decide that they don't. It's just they don't care, and it's reflective. Right. And they shit like I can tell. Like I can tell. I, I told. I said this all the time. Like I'm not interested in art from motherfuckers that ain't curious about shit. Like you ain't right. curious. I can read your shit and be like, you ain't curious about nothing. I can watch your movie right. and say you have no curiosity whatsoever anymore. Right. Like Where's you were. Right. You were curious back in like 85 and that's where it stopped. Or you were curious in 2010, but that's where it stopped. Mm -hmm. And I can see that because that's all you, that's all you got. That's all you say. That's all you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's to me, that's like, that's like anti-art. You know what I'm saying? That's not some shit that I'm, 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 I'm cool with or, or like, yeah, bro, just, just go do something else. Like, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like, yes. fuck it. Like, what are you doing? Like, right. just go do something else. Like, this is easier ways to make money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, just go yeah. go do some other shit because, like, you just taking up space, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just right. sitting up there making the same shit, the safe shit. So, yeah, right. definitely. Uh, thank you again, Duvet. It was good. Yeah, man. It was so good much. to have you on and chop it up with you. Um, mm. I definitely appreciate your perspective. Um, so yeah, thank I definitely, God, I definitely enjoyed uh, your book, bro. Um, yeah. And at this point, um, this is where I have my guests sort of uh, plug whatever they got, point people okay. in whatever direction that you want people to look for yeah. anything that you yeah. got. Read their soul collector, too, man. If you get a chance. So yeah, so go ahead, read the what yeah. you say, soul collector. Read oh, that soul, yeah. yeah read I'm, that I'm definitely, soul. I'm definitely gonna yeah. check that out. I'll definitely gonna check that yeah. out after. after uh, after finishing the pussy detective, yeah, bro, for sure. Yeah, and uh, make sure I get old boys' uh, information too. Low revs. Oh yeah, low revs. I, 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 yeah. I'll email it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we'll get them a book in the same man. Yeah, but sure. uh, yeah, man, people can find me on Substack. Duvet Knox writes on Substack. That's why I'm. That's pretty much my website. And if uh, want to call it that, my social media presence, man, called. Really, I consider myself kind of an underground writer, and the fact that Pussy mm-hmm. Detective is doing what it's doing is just was a stroke of luck. I just sent it to uh, the right person at the right time and shit, and they, they liked it. So I don't really even be trying this shit, man. I'm just getting it out. And I don't have the same desperation because, like I say, I can sell my books myself, so I'm not even worried about mainstream success mainstream mm-hmm. success ain't right. about shit man you know what i'm talking about so that's the perfect and that's the perfect uh way to, to sort of end this podcast on that note because yeah. I'm, I'm always saying that i'm saying it all the time like yo just adjust adjust your expectations and what i mean by that is like if you want to do this just do it that that yeah. in and of itself that should be that should be the all that should be the one motivating factor right yeah. like if you can't and anything else that you derive out of this shit is a bonus like right. you know what I'm saying? If you if, if not, then just do something else. You know what I'm saying? It's either yeah. in you, it's either in you or it ain't in you, bro. You know hey, and stay tuned, stay tuned for my new hot writer. She happened to be my woman, but she a badass writer, Tabitha Blair, man. She's coming out with Asian Don Dada. And I want people to get used to black Paul fiction because yeah. we're doing a whole different type of game that they're doing out there with black fiction that you don't see. So definitely, I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna check out 
Asian right. Dandada, you got me with the title. So. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to check that out too. But yeah, uh, thanks again, bro. Uh, and as mm-hmm. always, um, I do not know how to end podcast show. Uh, okay. Hey, link up. Get on, get on Substack, man. And just follow me. You ain't got to write nothing on it if you don't want to, but I'll you follow, should. Uh, yeah, yeah. You love, what's your Substack? Duve, uh, uh, I'm going to send it to you. Oh, yeah. I'll just Substack, send it Yeah, Duve Knox writes. And, de- and definitely y'all also listeners definitely check out Dubay's uh substack subscribe to yeah. it as well but yeah man as always i don't know how to end podcast so okay brother it's, I appreciate it's it. over <laughs> thank you again man thanks for coming out hey yo bad play On my wrist like a pot of gold Money, 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 money Running through my chromosomes One, two, three, four O's inside a styrofoam One, two, three, four Hoes are trying to take me home Bracelets on my wrist like a pot of gold Money, 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 money Running through my chromosomes One, two, three, four O's inside my family Sliding through Atlanta Yeah, bitch, I fuck with the scammers like Tampa, Bang. this money got me baffled. Yo, I get it with no hassle. Yo. I'm one little rich ass bastard. Yeah. I got one, two, three, four. O's inside my snapper. Yeah, I really, really get it. Why these niggas hustling backwards? Yeah. I got one, two, many chains on. This cost a family. Yeah, they say money talk. Well, can you please excuse my grammar? I got 99 problems in the ops. I've been hustling, I've been getting niggas since the day one. Got like six chains on, niggas ain't gon' take one. Yeah, I keep that bang on, man, nigga ain't gon' take one. One, two, three, four, hoes inside a styrofoam. One, two, three, four, hoes are trying to take me home. Bracelets on my wrist like a pot of gold Money, 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 money Running through my chromosomes One, two, three, four Hoes inside a styrofoam One, two, three, four Hoes are trying to take me home Bracelets on my wrist like a pot of gold Money, 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 money Running through my chromosomes